0: Welcome to West Virginia Uncommonplace. Today, I have with me Brad Lyon out of Flint, Michigan. Please, Brad, tell him what you do and why we're talking today.
1: Well, uh, I was born and raised in Flint, Michigan, but I'm no longer technically out of there. As a matter of fact, I'm just about as far south in the continental U.S. as you can get from there because I am in Florida right now. Oh, wow. No, that's not normally my uh, typical destination. Um, Prior to the pandemic, I relocated here briefly to direct a movie by the name of Killer Keg, starring uh, Jeremy London and Brink Stevens. And uh, we just happened to uh, start principal photography about a month prior to the start of the pandemic. When the pandemic hit while we were shooting, of course, it shut down production because of the stay-at-home orders. And I have been here ever since because we've yet to be able to uh, get together and wrap that project.
0: Oh, man. So that's what brought you down there. You okay, so you're a producer, director, writer, you do it all. That um, I do.
1: I've uh, produced about 30-some feature films or TV shows, at least credited as such. I've uh, directed another dozen, and as an actor, I've probably appeared in 20 or 30 movies and TV episodes myself.
0: Okay, so you're pretty much, you're famous. You well, gotta, you was gotta... a time more people knew
1: my name. Now I forget it myself half the time, but... <laughs>
0: Okay, so let's get on the major topic, why you're here today. You have a movie.
1: <laughs> That's correct, and thanks to people like yourself, who I highly appreciate It's so Guys like you are helping me give a voice, uh, which is also the job of my actual movie. My film's called Let's Party. It's actually about uh, providing a definitive answer to the old uh, tired adage that supporting third parties is a wasted effort. So we are actively trying to give a voice to people who choose third party representation or would simply just be a traditional voter who doesn't feel like the primary Democratic and Republican parties really represent them. And it's not that I'm anti-Democrat or Republican by any means, I'm not. Matter of fact, I've probably leaned that way more than once or twice in either direction. It's just, you know, in America, we're supposed to be about freedom. And if you're about freedom, that means giving everyone a voice. And right now the duopoly is trying to suppress a lot of third-party voices.
0: Okay, in audience, I want to give you all a little bit of idea of this. Um, we'll think of it like this. Um, the, the term that he just used there, think of Apple and Google and there being no other uh, providers for, for, for making iPhones and uh, the um, Android devices. Just those two. Those two own that market and say that there was a small company like if nokia rose from the ashes and wanted to get into this market it's no way for them to truly get in there they can they can get in there and act like they're going to do some things that can produce more cell phones but the two other parties may even work together in some coercion to kind of push it down so that's kind of the terminology basically when two parties dominate a market correct
1: you got it that's pretty accurate
0: all right, so give the same us the
1: concept as a monopoly. There just happens to be two instead of one.
0: One. Okay. Okay. Now, what can you tell us about this film so I can get everybody interested and, and, and geared up for it? Well,
1: I know a lot of you, the listeners out there, are probably going to have their own specific political views. Make no mistake, I'm not asking you to change those. I'm not asking you to go become a third party supporter. You don't all of a sudden have to become a a Green Party member, an ASL member, or a Libertarian. Not asking that by any means. All I wanna do is give the people who do choose that a chance to have their candidates rightfully debated, have them on the debate stage, give them a chance to be on ballots, and most importantly, simply provide traditional voters the opportunity to understand, like, there's a lot of other parties out there that are willing to listen to you, because right now, and most of you will agree, your own parties really don't listen to your wants and desires. There's uh, numerous studies out there uh, that that show by evidence that the own party constituents rarely have their own views supported within 30% by their elected officials.
0: Oh, wow!
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty astonishing rate. Now, the reason for that is, because of the party's success, they no longer have to worry about the voter itself. They don't have to go out there, create a platform, pitch the platform, and win over voters. There's already enough registered voters of either party. So when a campaign director gets hired these days for a Republican or Democrat, your job is not to win more votes, it's simply to motivate your own constituents to show up demoralize the other party a little bit so less of them show up. It's not about a message or creating change. And for the politicians themselves, quite often, it's just about job security for them. So they've quit caring about really making sure they're doing a good job for everyone themselves. And for us, all I want to do is give people a chance to be aware of what their parties do actively to keep the other voices out. They spend... On average, $84 million per year. That's over $2 billion since 1994. That was because in 1992, of course, uh, the reforms candidate, Mr. Rumpel, comes out and he gets 18% of the popular vote. So the parties got together, created a subcommittee and said, hey, you guys, every year we're going to give you guys X number of dollars. You guys go out and make sure you do something, you market, you spend money to keep third parties from progressing like this because right now it looks like they could actually overtake one of us and become a major party so all they did is went out and really did their job i'm not saying they're evil it's just in america we're not supposed to suppress other people you know we're, we're supposed to give everyone a voice that doesn't mean we have to agree with it we're just supposed to provide them the opportunity to have that voice and right now we're denying it with with really simple not very complex things now most of us know republicans democrats don't typically try to get along, right? So would it be surprising to tell you that since the 80s, they've done an amazing job of doing that on something called the Presidential Debate Committee. So it is a bipartisan organization comprised of Republican and Democrats who work to decide who gets to participate in the debates. And they create a system to decide that based on, are you ready for this? five national polls. And what they do is they decide who gets to participate in the debate based on who polls the best in five national polls. Whoa. Seems reasonably fair, right? Yeah. Here's the problem. They pick the polls and every poll they pick doesn't have third party candidates. They primarily only have Democratic and Republican candidates. So like this past election, when you had Joe Jorgensen out there and you had Howie uh, from the Green Party and so on, they would say, you're not polling good enough to be in this. And of course, they're not polling good enough. Their name isn't in the poll. So the only <laughs> people you can vote for is two. I, I've probably bet 90% of constituents out there who are, who are listening to this right now will think to themselves and remember when they got that phone call during the, during that election month. They're like, we were, we're taking a poll. Who do you think you're going to vote for? And, and a couple of people might be like, well, I don't know. I actually heard there was a third party supporter because I'll be honest with you. Whether I'm a Republican or a Democrat, this year, I'm just not the biggest fan of my own party. And they're sitting there thinking, you know, I might not be completely in love with Trump if I'm a Republican. Some might be, some might not. Some Democrats might be like, you know, Biden really wasn't my guy. I don't believe in everything about him. I wanted to listen to other choices, right? And every now and then, someone like perhaps myself would say, well, you know what? I'm voting for Joe Jorgensen this year because I'm just not into either two. And what would they tell you? Well, that don't count well you mean that don't count well that's not in our our system uh uh you're gonna have to pick between the Republican and democrat i'm like no no i've already picked i picked joe and not joe biden joe jorgensen and then they'll say to you well i'll just mark you down as undecided no we're not undecided we just didn't pick your candidate but that's how it goes down as undecided and those are the things that they use to help suppress those votes matter of fact a lot of people don't realize but the Democratic Party and the Republican Party both have sued to remove their party candidates off of ballots all across the nation. in New Korea, And they've even won in some of them. Matter of fact, there was actual presidential and vice presidential candidates in past elections, recent elections. I'm not talking 20 years ago. I'm talking last election that showed up to campaigns or pardon me, showed up to debates to participate with the goal of being included and got arrested for showing up and protesting that they weren't included. Whoa.
0: So this is like this is like a whole, this whole situation, is it's, it's almost got a taboo fill into it because it seems like it's something that's not put in mass media and not put out there for- Well, of
1: course not. I mean, think about it. If you have, this isn't about fake news. Let, let's be honest here. You know, on one side, you're going to call Fox fake news. Another side, you can call CNN or what have you fake news. And here's the reality both of them for the most part are sharing a foundation of facts to a degree. They have a lot of opinionated shows, but they have a foundation of facts, but they lean their opinions into the facts very heavily so that it sways the storyline a certain way. And why is that? Because the people at the top of networks like CNN or Fox happen to themselves be voters too. They might be a Democrat, the other might be a Republican. And what happens in that case? If I have my own network, I'm not going to have my network lean extremely away from my point of view. It's my network. I don't really blame them for leaning a certain way. It's just because of that, that news is very polarized and biased.
0: And I can, I can get that. And, and you do, like, you raise a lot of points, you know, and that's it's just amazing to know that, you know, I even looked on the ballots because being here in West Virginia, you seen Joe on there, you've seen all these other people, and, you know, even like in the little things that I see on Instagram and the other social medias, it's kind of like people kind of just passed on these things because they're not educated about that. So your film let's party is going to bring that to the attention of uh, everyone. Um,
1: And here's the thing for those people out there who are pretty firm, Democratic and Republican uh, supporters and good for you. You know, this is actually for you too. All we're saying, all I'm saying to you is when I make this film, well, like you do, turn it on and watch it. I'm not actually gonna give you a bunch of bull crap or a bunch of biasness because here's the interesting fact. I'm not that biased. Yes, I have a biases towards third parties having a view, but I'm not that biased politically, because here's the reality. The majority of us out there, I know some of you guys are gonna fight over this, but the majority of you guys out there pretty much all want the same thing. You just have different philosophies about how to obtain that. You want a good balanced economy, you want more jobs, you want better healthcare opportunities, you want all these things, you know but you just have different goals to get there. That doesn't make either side necessarily evil. All that's bad that's happening is the two parties who have more control are working together to make sure that other parties don't have a chance and other people don't have a chance to vote. Matter of fact, they're going out of their way to convince their own constituents that they're stuck in a two-party system. And guess what? Factually, that's not actually correct we're not i know you're going to start talking about electoral votes and how this won't work and that won't work and how there's gerrymandering and, and counties are lined up but voting districts are lined up so i like, guess what statistically factually when you actually bring in true political analysts and true mathematicians want to say mathematicians i mean some of the best in the in the country when we have these people actually analyze it factually it's not like a third party has a reasonable opportunity. No, they don't have to have a gigantic foundation. They just have to have the access and then all people actually have to do is vote. There's actually a relatively simplistic way in which third parties could even win presidential seats. But that's neither here nor there. I digress. What I care about is just simply making sure Americans have a voice. And if you check out Let's Party, if if your listeners happen to go to letspartymovie.com, or currently, we have an Indiegogo to help fund this because I'm not a rich man, sadly. I definitely could use the support.
0: Okay, um,
1: And you can get a lot of cool perks like t-shirts. You could appear in the show. You can get your name as a producer in the film. All kinds of opportunities. Um, you can even go to igg.me slash at slash Let's Party or the easier way, once again, Let'sPartyMovie.com. And you can actually get perks to help fund the film. So that's really what I'm asking, you know. Right now, we have not produced this movie. We're in the process of raising the remaining money we need to produce it. Okay, we're just trying to give everyone a voice.
0: Okay, and that's understandable. Now, let me ask you this: uh, inside this film that you're uh, working on and everything, um, you've stated a lot of different ways that people can reach you. But how can the audience personally reach you to talk to you about this film? Do you have an Instagram? A uh, Facebook, a uh, Tumblr, or Twitter, a Snapchat—something where they can personally reach you, so they can talk to you about it. Because a lot of times, you know, like where you're building this film right now, um, me as a consumer—that's just me, just me personally in the audience. You can take it for what you want or however you want. I usually like to get involved and find out who, who, who I'm um, divvying out some cash to, or whatever I'm doing. So, how do they personally get in touch with you so they know a little bit more about you and they can actually ask you questions? And then, you know, once that film's produced, you know, obviously you said there'll be perks and different things that go along with it. So how do they reach you?
1: So here's the beautiful part, especially when it comes to this film right now. I know a lot of actors out there, a lot of directors aren't the easiest accessible person. I work hard to be. You can reach me at Brad Leo Lion at any website. I've got my own website, my own domain, bradleolion.com. You can go there. You can send things out there. But you know what? You can reach me on social media, too. You can go to Instagram at Bradley Align. You can go to Facebook, Bradley Align. You can go to Twitter, at Bradley Align. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who you're going to reach? Bradley Align. You're going to reach me and I'm going to give you an answer best as I can. I uh, try to remain pretty transparent. You won't have to worry about... Uh, I'm not a politician. I'm not out here having to sell a platform. All I'm out here trying to do is just make sure we all have the, the same voice. We all have a chance to have someone represent us.
0: Okay, so... um. These are a few future questions I'm going to ask you. So after this film is produced, uh, you have a target time that you're going to do it. And I'll let you hold on to that target time because that's something that needs to stay uh, in a capsule between you and your audience. Correct?
1: I would agree with that to agree.
0: Um, What platforms will you be able to get this on?
1: So here's the thing. As a film producer, what we typically do is we make a film.
0: Then we take
1: that film and we lease it or partner with a distributor. That distributor has direct relationships with buyers. You know, they may have a relationship with Walmart and HBO, theatrical, you know, screenings and cinemas, all the way down to, you know, be it Netflix or uh, Amazon Prime. They are the the ones who directly release it. I lease it to them. With that being said, we're going to be highly involved in that. We want to make sure it's on a quality streaming network to the point that we will retain the rights to release on Amazon Prime if there's not an aggregator that makes a deal with Netflix. We will release it theatrically ourselves if we don't get picked up by a Strong Theatrical because I own a small four-walling distributor. So because of that, we're gonna be on theater screens. I know there's not a lot of them left, but I love the theater cinema experience. So we'll screen. Matter of fact, if a listener out here wants to attend the red carpet premiere, we even have a few tickets to that. You can come to the after party in the red carpet premiere. Be with the director. Be with some of the stars of the film. You can attend that by supporting the film.
0: Okay, that's amazing, and and I thank you um, for doing this podcast with me because I, I'm on to tell my audience real quick. Me and you had a quick conversation. Um, this started with maybe. Over the weekend, actually, correct? Quiet. Yeah. Over well, the weekend. Not and, even
1: a week ago, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, not
0: even a week ago. And we were able to get this together uh, fairly fast. Just you literally, uh, went, you were eating lunch and then <laughs> we got yeah. going here. For, um, for the
1: sake of your audience, let me tell you how good of a, a host this gentleman is. So we had a nice conversation. We were going back and forth on the topic. Uh, he had asked me one, uh, what we'll call the final question, which I'm sure wasn't meant to be a final question. I typed a very long and vivid response to him, which included four links that, well, he asked for a link or two and I provided four in this, in this feedback response. It didn't get sent. Luckily, this gentleman over here followed up a few days later and says, hey, uh, you know, what do you think? When could be a time frame we could get together and get you on the show? And I'm laughing. I'm like, hey, here's the funny parts of that. In this giant response that I've made for you, part of the response says, hopefully we can do this as soon as possible because my campaign ends on the 30th of December, <laughs> uh, but, but knock on wood. And luckily he got a hold of me on uh, new year's Eve because today's new year's Eve right now. And in the process, I said, God willing, we got extended and our campaign actually doesn't end until January 9th, which is a week from Saturday. So if there's any miracle about getting us online uh, beforehand, I would love to do it. He said, well tell you what, I can set my mic up in about 15, 20 minutes. How about we go on right now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. And the crazy thing I like to always tell my audience is uh these relationships you build, um not because of uh the popularity of the podcast, because that's not the case here. Um the thing of like we have these groups of podcasting groups and uh as content creators you all kind of like it's like going into walmart and i can see what i want there's a film director section there's a singer there's the infamous life coach and you stuck out right there you have this picture up there and and i showed it to my girlfriend stacy and she's like yeah definitely should have him on and i was like all right but let me look at his content first you know And uh, you were very professional about that but there's one thing that we do on this show okay everyone and this means everyone. I had a rapper come on from New York City. <laughs> he can solve an a Rubik's Cube in 40 seconds. That type of brain power is crazy. I had a lady come on back in November. She told me that the, the clicking sound of a can opening, like a Coca-Cola or carbonated drink, drives her crazy and she has to stop her car. If she hears it in a grocery store, Someone, because you know people open drinks in the store all the time. She has to stop life and reset it. These are all their secrets and their hidden talents. So today, Brad, I need you to tell my audience a secret or hidden talent that no one knows about you. And to give you time to think about it, I'll, I'll say this about me: I do not like the root vegetable beets. If you have beets, you serve them at your house, I will unfriend you in real life. I will still be your friend on Facebook, but I'll block you on Messenger because I can't have that kind of communication. Everything needs to be out in the open that way. So that's how that's my hidden secret and people know it and people know just don't bring beets around me we can do rhubarb we can do parsnips we can do any other root vegetable you want to do we can do cousins to vegetables but beets have to stay away
1: i respect that so <laughs> i do like beets on my salad from time to oh, time well. that said it was funny because the moment you started to ask that you told a story about this young lady who was on your show who started talking about a certain weird quirk of hers and I'm actually going to probably ruin the mood of this show for a second. I apologize for that. But it was the first thing that popped in my mind. I tend to be honest and transparent, usually too much. So like right now, it's okay. going to ruin everything. Uh, the first thing I thought about when, when said that was actually a sad thought I had in my mind because of my mother, because I started to think and relate to it. And I thought back about towards the end of my mother's life, I, uh, I buried her uh, on Christmas Eve.
0: Oh, sorry to hear that.
1: Uh, Not this Christmas Eve, luckily, or I'd probably be a lot more emotional right now. Uh, This was uh, five years ago. uh, Two days ago, (laughs) you know. Um, Well, actually, it's Christmas Eve was a few more days than that now, but it's been about five days now, I guess. But uh, I buried her um, 2015, Christmas Eve. Uh, And before she passed away, she seemed to be in, you know, relatively decent health. But one of the things she was suffering from was her own uh, issue with a a strange OCD type of uh, thing. Um, she was facing this numerical issue where she might see a street sign, right? Uh huh. She'd have to come back and see that street sign and read it again, and read it again, and read it ten or fifteen times, and it. It was something that was very common for her. She might uh, turn a page and have to see that same page. She might turn something on TV and she's just turning the channels and catch something. And she has to see it 15 times or be driving down the street and see a sign and has to go back and see it multitude of times. This had never been a thing for her before. Okay, It only happened towards the very end of her life. Uh, The reason I bring that up is the very first thought I had was of that, which isn't directly my secret. But my secret to that was I was really struggling with that. And for the sake of any of your viewers out there who who struggle with that as well, I didn't know or how to comprehend it. I didn't realize it was, you know, a a a disease she was battling that she had no control over. You know, I'm just frustrated because I knew my my strong, smart, intelligent mother, and I couldn't grasp like, okay, mom, why can't you just get past that? And one of the hardest things I've had to deal with, you know, before her passing because this was such a recent thing, was. As much as I tried to be a great son, as well as I could in so many categories, I feel like I failed miserably towards the end of her life, understanding and grasping that because I wasn't comforting her. I wasn't trying to understand that she didn't want to do that either. I wasn't the only one frustrated with it. She was the one having to deal with it. She was having to deal with it a lot worse than me. Matter of fact, one of the things that I'm so disappointed in myself is I didn't express that it didn't bother me enough, enough that she knew she wasn't a burden in some manner. Cause I know my mother started to feel like it was a burden and it wasn't, I would love her any day of my life to have her right here, you know, and I'd recount everything 15 times, 15 times over every single thing there was. And um, I was blessed with the best two parents you could ask for. My my dad actually died a handful of months later after that. And my, uh, my mother and father, so much supported me that even on my films they would come to work for me my my mom became a production supervisor <laughs> m- my dad a unit production manager and one of the first films ever that they didn't work on was thursday the 12th which is coming out in theaters um this coming first quarter here okay uh, and thursday the 12th started filming right before my mom passed we were shooting when she passed away which caused a delay in the movie, and that was the first time she wasn't on set. I was blessed because even though she hadn't been on set at work, she did come visit um, while we were filming. So okay. I here one day, and then um, you know, a couple of days later, the incident happened. Matter of fact, I uh, I was just at the hotel, and my dad comes up to the hotel door, and he um, I'm sleeping. He's knocking on the door, and I open the door, and he's he's like, you know, Brad, you're, you're, I wanted to tell you I had to get you. You know, mom died. And I just sat down and I'm like, wow, you know, what a weird nightmare. Like, what a strange thing. Like, I couldn't grasp what was really happening, you know? And, you know, of course, lo and behold, she did pass away and it was a real thing. And I'm sitting there to this day. It irks me because, like, I could have had all that time with my mom on set if I could have expressed to her, like, this isn't that big of a deal. I know it's bothering you, but, but, it, It's just part of life, something you're going through because of, you know, your age, getting older, you know, she was 63, you know, something that she was facing because of an age burden. And i and I had to make her understand, I'm the one who has to deal with understanding it because you're battling it. I have to be more supportive for you. I want you here. You know, if, if other people can't understand it, that's on them. But if I have any major regret in life, it's not being able to express that to my mom, that she was way bigger and more important than any little teeny nuance like that.
0: Okay. Well
1: that's my secret, my friend.
0: And and, and I appreciate that because like uh what we do in this podcast also spread mental health awareness and stuff like that. Like that's I I have really touched by that and, and I thank you for sharing that because so many people will not tell the truth on that. They won't say that they have a true regret or anything like that. And um yeah, once again that's a that that's a sad situation. But uh let me ask you this. Um after that period and going forward, everything's dedicated to her, right?
1: Uh, to my mo- to both my mother and father. father. Uh, okay, to so both of them. Blessed with both of them. Matter of fact, my father. Um, <laughs> we 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 got. I got really blessed when it came to my father. Uh, my my mother's death was so horrendously disappointing and surprising that uh, you know, I wanted to make sure I was there for my dad and around and spend some time with him. Matter of fact, we planned this little road trip. A friend of mine was having a a TV show premiere of his, and I said, why don't you pack a bag and we we'll go out for a few days, you know, we'll go see it and drive around a little bit. Three months later, we're still on the road. So, oh, Lord. Yeah. So I went on a three month road trip all around the country, just everywhere. Um, eventually, of course, that came to an end. And uh, my proudest moment, you know, people are like, were you like a professional athlete? I'm like a really bad one. But yeah, um, you know, didn't you win a world bronze medal? You know, one time I'm like, well, not that impressive one. But yeah, I got one. But, you know, you have this, like, you know, selection of things you've done in your life. You know, you're a published author. You've made movies. You know, what's your proudest moment? I told them my proudest moment was being able to be financially successful enough that I was able to buy my dad a brand new car for his birthday.
0: Oh, my Lord.
1: Yeah, he turned turned 61 uh september 29th of that following year after my mother passed uh so september 29th uh, 2016 um so i gave him that car and i was super proud i did it at hooters of all places it was a little surprise we uh put the ribbon on the car had him inside having a birthday <laughs> walked him out to the car luckily someone actually filmed it just luckily on their phone so i still get to see it and then two days later he passed away
0: oh man
1: but, uh, you know, I had that beautiful memory and that beautiful trip. i right. was so really blessed with them. But I'll tell you what, I've never met two more dedicated, passionate people in my life to, to providing for, not just providing for their son, but providing for their son's dreams and ambitions, because both of those people basically retired from the things they were passionate about and cared about because they were so dedicated and cared so much about their son's success and his happiness that they got involved in in my stuff. So everything I do is in tribute to them. Um, All my motivation was making their life better. I don't have any surviving uh, direct family anymore. I did just happen to come across a uh, a cousin of mine. But um, so so it's hard because my motivation was always providing for them. But that's why like this movie, Let's Party, isn't what I normally do. I'm normally a guy who makes horror movies and college comedies, but let's party and giving people a voice was kind of part of like realizing like I might not have that family to provide for now but maybe maybe I can provide for a lot of people you know maybe I can do something for a lot of people and motivate myself because my motivation was my family so now I try and be motivated by doing things that can help better the lives of more people and hopefully giving people a voice um, and maybe causing more politicians to actually have to do a, a good job at what they're doing instead of just uh, pointing blame and scaring people will uh, will help make America a little bit better place.
0: Right, and the whole thing here is being insightful. It's that you're giving people actual chance because not everybody's going to actually go around and actually try to, to learn this on their own. No,
1: giving and you them... wouldn't know too if you didn't know. Right, I mean, I know tons of people didn't even know there's third-party candidates on the ballot, you
0: know? Right. And and like, you know, because you don't see that on C-SPAN or anywhere else like that, hardly. Um, You're giving people an opportunity, like I said, to to know about the third party. Uh, Secondly, the thing is, is like, you're showing a side without being uh, biased, you know, and that's really hard to do, Um, you know. I, I preach back to Michael Moore on certain things, uh, <laughs>
1: you, know. you know, I'm, I'm not, ant- you know, Michael Moore's from my hometown. Um, okay. Technically he's from Davidson. Um, I lived in Flint, a good, or I lived in Flushing a good portion of my life. So neither of us lived in Flint our entire lives. So I'm not going to take credit for that I didn't deserve. I did at least go to a Flint school, Flint Carmen Ainsworth. He always <laughs> went to Davidson. That's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, Regardless of what you think about Michael's political views, and I understand a lot of you guys, and sometimes I feel the same way. Sometimes I think he's he's right on, and sometimes I think he's way off. But he is a brilliant documentarian. Regardless if you agree with the documentary, he's fantastic <laughs> at doing
0: it. Okay. And um, Brad Bradline, I want to thank you so much for being on West Virginia in Commonplace. Thank you because this was such a quick deal. Like we just we just like it was like one o'clock. A little while ago, I'm sitting. I was, a, I was at Taco
1: Bell. I almost grabbed my bag to say it right then, but then realized I threw it away.
0: Yeah, I'm sitting, uh, not in, in even I'm sitting in my recliner. I've already. I have this little app called Hootsuite that does all my advertising on Instagram. So people think I'm online all the time, but I'm just sitting here in the house. I was about to fire up the Nintendo Switch and play mm-hmm. some type of Super Mario or something, and then I got. I was looking on my business suite, which is. Uh, something that i like the audience to know about too because I forgot, forgot about this. Business Suite with Facebook separates Instagram business and Facebook business. So if you send me a message in a certain way, you may end up in the Facebook uh, Messenger business portion. And if you end up there, that's what's called limbo with me because I check Messenger in the Instagram, but the business one, I rarely go back into. I usually go into it once or twice in a week's time. Well, you fell into my business section somehow. I don't know how. But it ended up right there and I was going through Facebook and I clicked on that little bell icon and your picture popped up and I went back in and I started listening to a few things that we had going on. And i was like, man, let me respond back to this guy. Cause I said, I, I sound a little bit like a douche cause I talked to him and then we, I just went quiet, you know? So we reached out and got this podcast going. So once again, I want to tell you, thank you for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Um, and the awesome thing about this is uh, everyone, you all know about controversy sales. And this is one of those deals. So we're going to push this one out. This will be the second one in that series. In a three-part series, there's another one that's that's behind yours, but it's so controversial, I had to, I'll, I'll talk to you about it off the air. <laughs> but um, I want to thank you again. Do you have a shout-out to anybody that you need a shout-out to?
1: Hey, just uh, to the audience. First of all, please, once again, of course, check out our campaign. Uh, do me a favor. Just go to uh, Let'sPartyMovie.com. That's Let'sPartyMovie.com. Play the video. There's a real short little five-minute video. Gets you kind of up to speed on everything. Check out the perks. But tell you what, if you don't if you don't believe in the message, don't support it. But if you do, please do contribute and share it. And also, gentlemen like this guy right here, shows like this, please make sure you're supporting and following and chipping in if they have fundraisers. Because it's people like this that help give us a voice so we can reach you because there's a lot of times there's messages like this about the let's party movie where a lot of contrasting opinions are trying to prevent us from getting the word out so when we get chances like on shows like this it's really helpful so you know subscribe you know donate to the show too i know i need to raise money real quick it's not a lot <laughs> but regardless you know help out help out if you can you know but don't stress yourself out it's the holidays you know do what you can but but First and foremost, if my movie's about making people's lives better, I don't want to stress out your life by you guys contributing too much. So please do what's only within your means, but uh, support those people who are trying to support you.
0: All right. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure.